Hi. How are you doing? I'm cold. I gotta say, I was oh, outside no. and I forgot how cold it gets in Scotland. And so I got back inside and like my hands started warming up and I was like, oh, pain because they're like, oh, oh God. I went to get off um, a couple weeks ago when I was horseback riding and like my feet just like I almost Ooh. fell because like the shock of like my feet being cold Ooh. and not having like the pressure of standing and then like mm-hmm. hitting the ground. It was great. Oh, goodness. Yeah, I can. I remember that feeling. Oh, it yeah. hurts. <laughs> yeah. So I'm currently sitting with, like right next to the radiator because our heat turns on at like four. Right up. Oh, it only it. turns on at certain times. Uh, well, we set ours to like different times, so like oh. it, it's like pre-programmed. I don't remember what time it is exactly because it changes when it gets cold, but it's on right now, and I, that's all that matters. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I'm really excited about this episode. Actually, I think this is the one that you've been asking me to do for forever (laughs) oh really um yeah so i will tell you about that when we get started um i'm sonia i'm maddie welcome to grim Um, so this week, I have a story about the Flynn and Isles Lighthouse. Oh my god, I just watched the um, the BuzzFeed Solved episode on that, like, a couple days ago. I was like, yeah, a few days ago, because it came out before Halloween, and I was saving them all to watch, like, on Halloween, and then it, like, didn't mm. happen, so I was like, I might as well watch yeah. them now. Oh my god, maybe I just, like, felt that you watched it, and I was like, no, I gotta, I gotta get notes. <laughs> The vibes were just yeah. out there. <laughs> um, but again, I did this a hot second ago. So um, let's see how long it takes me to decipher them. Okay. <laughs> um, which is actually, so I before we started recording the episode, I like texted Maddie and I was like, what did we do last week? Because I have no brain cells. But it was because like I was deciding between this episode and, then, and another episode. And I was glad I got to pick this one. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, it's, it's a good story. Okay. So, um, oh, again, <laughs> disclaimer, I'm sorry for my butchering of pronunciation of basic English words. <laughs> and also, yeah, it's, it's gonna happen. I can already feel it happening. Um, sorry if there's background noise. I, it's very hot in my room for some reason, so I have the windows open. If it gets too loud, <laughs> okay. let me know. Um, so the Flannan Isles Lighthouse is a lighthouse near the highest point on Eileen Moore. Again, I'm so sorry. Um, so I think that's how you pr- that's how they pronounce it. In the oh my god! Episode, right, you watched the unsolved so episode. They- so if I pronounce anything wrong, yeah, you can just fix my pronunciation. Oh, perfect. Hopefully. I don't know about that. <laughs> well, you are a resident linguist, so you gotta hope. Right, oh, of yeah. course. I forgot. <laughs> okay, so the island is um, off the west coast of mainland Scotland, and say that five times fast. Mainland Scotland. <laughs> Maybe it's just me, that- like my brain not working, but like mainland no, that's, Scotland. I was just yeah, sure that's the phrase. Mainland but yeah, Scotland. that is a lot like yeah, land. A lot of land. Yeah, mainland Scotland, mainland Scotland, mainland Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> you actually said it five times fast. I guess. Well, I am oh, a resident. You're, you're right. So. You're right. 
I doubted your abilities for a second there, and I shouldn't have done that. That was a mistake. Honestly. <laughs> um, so the island is actually best known for the mysterious disappearance of its keepers in 1900. And that is what we're talking about it on this podcast, if you couldn't already tell. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, yeah. So the lighthouse is 75 feet tall, which is very tall. Um, Mm -hmm. And it was designed by David Allen Stevenson for the Northern Lighthouse Board. And it was actually first lit on December 7th, 1899, which feels like a really long time ago. But, like, it's, like, only 200 years ago. Right? Wait. 100 years ago. Less than that. Yeah. I was going to say. I just, I have one brain cell left and she's trying her best. Math Math is is a lot. lot. (laughs) Um... So on the island, they also um, ended up building, like, railway tracks for, like, transporting provisions and, like, for the keepers for, like, getting fuel for the light and stuff like that as well. So they have a track that descended from the lighthouse in, like, towards the west and then curved around to the south. And then also, like, in if you take the approximate center of the island, um, it, like, kind of forked around like hand operated points like you know like the really old shows that you watch where they like move the tracks around so they had a bunch of those like the like that ethical yeah like the trolley of... problem yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. That one. um and then one of the branches actually and like curves eastward as well to like the eastland place and then there it basically there are a lot of tra- train tracks on the island um i didn't which, know that. yeah isn't it i just i feel like trains are very interesting to me in general for some reason because of like the evolution of the train and like the train tracks I just thought I'd hoot that yeah. um, and the final approaches to the landing stages were really steep so the cable, the cable was like guided by curves and like pulleys and stuff like that so this is a very technical like put together island I guess um, and the cargo was actually carried around like when they first built these train tracks in like the early 1900s the cargo was carried around in like these four four wheeled like little carts that they would have to like use pulleys and stuff to move on the island and then like hand turn the tracks around which I just I don't know I feel like a hundred years ago wasn't that many years ago but like that's what life was like you just had to move things around by hand crazy yeah in 1925, the lighthouse is actually one of the first Scottish lights to receive communications from shore by wireless te- telegraphy, tele- telegraphy, ah. telegraph, like a telegraph, like but wireless. No, yeah. yeah, I guess. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> thanks. Um, in the 1960s, the transport system—you know, this whole complicated system of pulleys and like hand lever cranks for the train tracks—was modernized, and the railway was removed. So they left this concrete bed that was basically put down to serve as like a roadway basically but it wasn't for like a car it was for something called a nat like g-n-a-t which was a three-wheeled rubber tired cross-country vehicle that was powered by a 400 cubic centimeter four-stroke engine and it was built by amers mclean of gala shields in what year um it, it was built by amers mclean so this was in the 1960s. So like, what year was that? When the oh, island was that modernized. Seems, that seems very advanced. Right? I just like yeah. that it was called a gnat. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. And then um, on September 28th, 1971, the lighthouse was then, like, renovated, I guess, to be automated. 
So the island's only real permanent residents were basically the sheep and then the herders who were herding the sheep and they referred to it as the other country as they believed it was a place that was touched by something paranormal. Ah. So I guess they didn't really love the lighthouse island either. I don't know. Yeah, that's... I... They did mention that, but, like, no one really lived on there because of, like, the superstition. That it was just, like, there was some weird, like, superstition with sheep, like, that they would, it would have, like, healing properties or something for the sheep, like, the grass there. All right. Interesting. Well, I mean, I feel like if the grass had healing properties, I'd like to live there. Well, only for the sheep, sheep? I'd like to be a sheep on the island. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, to be a sheep on... On the aisles. Yeah, that would be really fun. <laughs> a flannel owl sheep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so there was also, um, around the same time um, in the 1970s, they constructed this concrete helipad so that they could, you know, still have, like, maintenance visits or whatever and, like, get people to the island um, in heavy weather and stuff like that. Um, the light that is produced by the lighthouse is produced by burning acetylene gas, and it has a range of 17 nautical miles, which is approximately 20 miles. Our friends who don't use miles, it is 32 kilometers. Wait, so before lighthouses were like, like they are now, like with the, you know, just like the light bulb mm-hmm. that like spins around, would it just be like a light, like the flame, like, would it just stay in one place or would it still spin somewhere? I would assume that it would... I mean, before, like, I actually have no idea. I would think that it would still spin. I just thought about that. Like, I think right. that it, like, I mean, like, rotating whatever, like, the disc on the ground, I feel like that was, must have still been a thing. Like, it's not that hard to make something rotate. Oh, yeah. But it would true. probably have to be, like, manual before they could, like, elect, make it um, automated. Mm. And I would, I would guess that they would only, like, really have to do anything about it, like, at night or in heavy weather. Yeah. But that is that is something that is very interesting and I might have to do some research on that. Post an update on our Instagram for anyone who's interested. Yeah. Um, so it is now monitored from the butt of Lewis and the shore station has been converted into flats. So people can, can live in the flats if you want, I guess. Um, yeah. The butt of Lewis is the most northern, like the northernmost point. And it is frequently battered by what they know, call as like heavy swells and storms. Um, and then there's also a lighthouse up there called the Butt of Lewis Lighthouse. Just love, love the yeah, name. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Imagine being like, yeah, I live on the Butt of Lewis. <laughs> it's so childish and it's so funny. <laughs> it do be like that. Uh, love um, it. So I've taken you from the past until like the basically the present day but what we're actually gonna be talking about what happened there happened in the early 1900s um the first record that something was not right on the flannan isles was on december 15th 1900 when the steamer archter was on a trip from philadelphia to leith and they noted in the log that the light was not operational in poor weather conditions so when the ship actually ended up docking in Leith on December 18th, they, like, complained, and the whole complaint thing was passed on to the Northern Lighthouse Board and whatever. So obviously there's a complaint, and they ended up sending a relief vessel, like, to check it out, I guess. And um, the lighthouse tender, Hesperus, 
was actually unable to sail um, as planned on December 20th due to some really bad weather. So they didn't actually reach the island until noon on December 26th. So basically, like, they filed this, or they noticed something was wrong on December 15th, and they didn't actually get out there until December 26th. Okay. The lighthouse was meant to be manned by three men, James Duckett, Thomas Marshall, and William MacArthur, with a rotating fourth man spending some time on shore and then, like, coming back to the island and stuff like that. But when they got there, the crew and the relief keeper found that the flagstaff had no flags, flag on it, all of the usual provision boxes had been left on the landing stage for restocking, and, more ominously, none of the lighthouse keepers were there to welcome them to shore. Um, Jim Harvey, the captain of Hesperus, attempted to reach them by blowing the ship's whistle, and he, like, fired a flare and everything, but nothing, like, worked. Like, no one came. They were just alone on the island. Mm-hmm. Um, they then launched a boat to check it out again, and Joseph Moore, who is the relief keeper, they brought him to shore alone. And he found a whole lot of mystery, like, a whole lot of things were not right. The first thing that he ended up actually saying was the that he noticed an all-encompassing sense of dread as he ascended the cliff, which never a good thing. Automatically <laughs> is not a good sign. Yeah. Um. He then found the entrance gate to the compound and the main door were both closed. The beds were unmade and the clock had actually stopped. And I don't know about you, but that's like the trope in a horror movie where like the clock stops. Like that's where I'm always like, oh my god. Yeah. You know. Um, also, he walked into the kitchen and he noticed that the kitchen table contained plates of meat, potatoes, and pickles, and there was an overturned chair nearby, but there were no people. So, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, he then returned to the landing stage with new with this news that he, um, you know, like, the report of what happened, and then went back up to the lighthouse with the second mate and seaman, and they ended up searching more. Because obviously, I, I don't think he wanted to spend too much time there alone. That's fairly creepy. Yeah, that is quite creepy. <laughs> I wouldn't either. Yeah. So they searched more, and this further search revealed that the lamps had, in fact, been cleaned and refilled, and they were ready for lighting. And there was a set of oil skins found that did suggest that one of the keepers had left the lighthouse without them. Um, like, there were, like, oil skin coats, I guess, is what they wore on the island. There were... Um, an oil skin is, it's like a waterproof garment. It's usually worn by sailors and other people in like wet areas, like um, fish plant workers. And it is like part of, I guess, the range of like protective clothing that they call foul weather gear, which mm. automatically is not fun, <laughs> you know. Um, I don't know. I kind of like bad weather. <laughs> I like bad weather, but I don't like it being called foul weather. I feel like that's just a lot for me. All right. I guess that's fair. Um, so basically what they found is that two of the three oilskin coats were gone. Like they had three between them because there were three people living there. There was one for Thomas, one for James and one for Donald. Um, Hmm. two of them were gone. There was just one inside. So like who left without theirs? That's also really weird. Mm -hmm. And I would find that weird too. I feel like if two of them are gone, that definitely suggests bad weather. So like, why would one person be gone? But like the oilskin is still there. Yeah. And there was, like, absolutely no sign of the keepers. Like, no one was inside. No one was anywhere on the island. I guess they, like, it's not a a very large island. So there are not many places to, like, 
hide. Yeah, like, like where and, would they go? Yeah. They're just sheep. Like, what? Yeah, they just wanted to hang out with the sheep. <laughs> they're just outside no. in the bad weather. One one person doesn't have their oil skin on. They're just hanging out with the sheep. They're like that um that sheep herder that's on TikTok now. Who have you seen him? I don't think so. Oh, it's so it's so good. He has an amazing accent. I don't know where he's from, but um and he's like. He, his family has a farm or something and has a bunch of sheep and he does these videos of like picking them up and it's so oh funny god. I don't know why it's just <laughs> why is that the ideal life oh my god I know I love that honestly um so Joseph Moore and three volunteer seamen they they were left on the island to attend to the light and like basically keep the lighthouse running because the people who were supposed to be there were gone mm-hmm um, and then the Hesperus returned back to port, back to, like, the mainland. Um, and then Captain Harvey sent a telegram to the Northern Lighthouse Board dated December 26, 1900. And this stated, quote, A dreadful accident has happened at Flannan. The three keepers, Duckett, Marshall, and the occasional have disappeared from the island. On the our occasional? Vi- <laughs> well, I mean, I guess one of them was, like, rotating, so, like, that's so like sad, just, though. No name. Can you imagine just the occasional. Disappearing, and they don't even mention your name. Yeah. Amazing. Oh, boy. Anyway, name. sorry. That would be me. <laughs> um, on our arrival this afternoon, no, no sign of life was to be seen on the island. Fired a rocket, but as no response was made, managed to land more, who went up to the station but found no keepers there. The clocks were stopped, and other signs indicated that the accident must have happened about a week ago. Poor fellows, they must have been blown over the cliffs or drowned trying to secure a crane or something like that. Night coming on, we could not wait to make something as to their fate. I have left more McDonald, Boymaster, and two seamen on the island to keep the light burning until you make other arrangements. Will not return to Oban until I hear from you. I have repeated this wire to Muirhead in case you are not home. I will remain at the telegraph office tonight until it closes if you wish to wire me. That was, end quote, sorry. Um, so on Eileen Moore, the men who were left there basically searched the entire island for clues as to, you know, what happened to the keepers. And they found that everything was intact on the east landing, but there was evidence of damage caused by recent storms on the west landing. So there was a box at that was at 100 feet above sea level that was broken and the contents were, like, strewn around, like, iron railings were bent over, the iron railway by the path was, like, like wrenched out of the concrete, and there was a rock that weighed over a ton that was, like, moved. Yeah, so, like, not things people could have done. Yeah, so, like, definitely evidence of, like, some, like, a storm or something like that, and that damage was caused. Mm-hmm. Um... And then on top of a cliff that was more than 200 feet above sea level, the turf has been ripped away from the edge, like 33 feet from the edge. The turf was, like, ripped up. Wow. Which is also really weird, Mm -hmm. especially considering, like, how high above sea level it is. Like, what did that? Yeah. Um, No bodies were ever found. And, like, first of all, that's weird in itself. But there have also been some mysterious sightings that definitely resulted in, like, speculation in newspapers and stuff like that. Um, And, like, you know, when unexplainable things happen, people start making up stories and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's just, like, a perfectly normal thing for people to do. They just, like, try to rationalize. 
Yeah. So um, people started the story about a giant sea serpent or like sea bird that had carried the men away. Okay. Um, yeah. That okay. doesn't sound particularly pleasant. Um, another story was that they had arranged for a ship to take them away to start new lives. And oh. maybe they were abducted by foreign spies. Oh. Or maybe they had met their fate through the malevolent presence of a boat filled with ghosts. Oh, shit. Uh, <laughs> I guess they were, like, that story is influenced by a story that was called The Phantom of the Seven Hunters. So they, like, thought that maybe, maybe that story happened to these poor guys on the island. So they, like, got on a boat and it turned out that it was a ghost boat? Yeah. Interesting. And the ghosts were malevolent. Yeah, that's not a good good position to be in, I would say. I would say that as well. I don't <laughs> think I would like to be on a malevolent ghost boat. Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, actually, when this happened, like, it happened early 1900s, more than 10 years later, the events were still being, like, co- commemorated and, like, elaborated on. So in 1912, there was um, a ballad of Flannan Isles by Wilfred Wilson Gibson that refers to an overturned chair, uneaten meals laid out, and, like, indicated that the keepers had been suddenly disturbed. Yeah, I was gonna say the uneaten meals, too. I didn't, like, yeah. that's just... That one's just me. It seems like something that. very sudden happened. Yeah, exactly. Like, you wouldn't, you wouldn't just have your meal on the table, you know? Like... If something had yeah. happened over time, you would clean up. And you wouldn't go through, like, making a meal if you knew you didn't have time to eat it. Exactly. Yeah. That's hmm. weird. Yeah. Um, but the ballot goes like this. Um, I'm not going to sing it for you, but I will say the <gasps> Why words. Why not? Come on. I don't sing it for us. And I don't want to butcher it. <laughs> wow. Fine. <laughs> um, so it says, yet as we crowded through the door, we only saw a table spread for dinner, meat, cheese, and bread, but all untouched and no one there, as though when they sat down to eat, ere they couldn't, they could even taste. Alarm had come, and they in haste had risen and left the bread and meat, for the table had a chair lay tumbled on the floor. Wow. Poetic. Would have been better if you sang it, but I guess I get I'm it. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um... There was a first-hand account made by Moore, who was the relief keeper, um, that stated that, quote, the kitchen utensils were all very clean, which is a sign that it must be after dinner sometime they left, end quote. Which also, you know, like, still, that's just, that's yeah. so, like, they have a time frame, but there's no evidence of anything yeah. happening. Like, that's just very odd. So weird to me. Yeah. On December 29th, 1900, Robert Murhead who was the um on on like the the board i guess of like the northern lighthouse board he was like the superintendent and he went to conduct an official investigation of the incident um he was actually the person who recruited all of the men to like work at the lighthouse and he knew them all personally so that was that must have been hard for him yeah like knowing that they were just gone like yeah gone um, he ended up examining the clothing that was left behind in the lighthouse, and he concluded that James Duckett and Thomas Marshall had gone down to the western landing stage and that Donald MacArthur, who was the occasional, had left the lighthouse during heavy rain in his shirt sleeves. So he was the one who didn't have the oil skin on. Um, and then he noted that whoever left the last light on it, like, on, on, like had just like left, who was, who, whoever was in the lighthouse when the other two had gone out and then 
that person whoever that person was who left was like in breach of the like the rules of the board oh <laughs> so maybe they didn't want to come back because they knew that they were in breach of the rules oh. um and then he noted that some of the damage to the west landing was quote difficult to believe unless actually seen end quote yeah it does sound quite dramatic like the stone that moved yeah a ton it weighs a ton and it just moved and the railway that came out of the like cement how did that happen yeah like i can imagine wind but like how would wind rip it out of the cement yeah like it's in the cement how did i don't understand um so he said from evidence which i was able to produce i was satisfied that the men had been on duty up and till dinner time on Saturday the 15th of December that they had gone down to secure a box which the morning the mooring ropes landing ropes etc were kept and which was secured in a crevice in the rock about 110 feet above sea level and that an extra large sea had rushed up the face of the rock had gone above them and coming down with immense force had swept them away completely so that's what he said but like how do you explain the rest of the stuff that happened? Like, I know nature is wild, but that seems like a little bit too wild for me. Yeah. That is a um, lot. Um, over time, they a story has, I want to say, like, developed, I guess, um, of the existence of unusual logbook entries. I don't know why it wasn't mentioned before, but they were, like, written in the logbook, I guess, unless someone, like, fully made it up in order to create the story. But they supposedly have Thomas Marshall saying on December 12th that there were, quote, several winds, the likes of which I have never seen before in 20 years, end quote. He is also said to have reported that James Duckett had been very quiet and that Donald MacArthur had been crying. Um, MacArthur was a veteran mariner and he had a reputation for bawling, for brawling. So it would be strange for him to be crying in response to a storm. Like he was like... Mm -hmm like a man-man, you know, like one of like the traditional ones who doesn't ever cry. Yeah. Um, log entries on December 13th were stated to have said that the storm was still raging and that all three men had been praying. And this was also puzzling since all three men were experienced lighthouse keepers who knew that they were in a secure structure that was 150 feet above sea level. So they should have known that they were safe from like the storms, like mm-hmm. if they were inside. And furthermore, there had been no reported storms in the area on the 12th, 13th, or 14th of December. Yeah, that that part is what really gets me, that, like, the logs, whether they're real or not, I, like, if they are real, that's, like, how could that have happened if there were no storms? Exactly. Like, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, the final log entry was made on December 15th and it said storm ended, sea calm, God is over all. And then that really gets me too. Because it's like so weird. they're in the clear but then they're not. <laughs> exactly. Right? Yeah. Like it's so weird. Um, there are a lot of claims that the log books were later additions to the story and not based on fact at all. But like... I don't know. I like to believe I don't them. know. <laughs> Yeah. Makes it more mysterious. Exactly. Um, A lot of other researchers apparently took into account the geography of the islands when they, like, were talking about this story. And apparently the coastline of Eileen Moore is deeply indented with these, like, narrow gullies that are called geos, which are basically, like, inlets um, in the cleft of, like, the face of a cliff. Mm -hmm. Um, And the West Landing is situated in a geo like this, so it ends in a cave. 
and in high seas or storms basically water would rush into the cave and then explode out of the cave again with like considerable force so it was possible that macarthur may have seen a series of large waves approaching the island and he like no he knew about the danger to his colleagues so he probably ran down to warn them only to be washed away as well in this Mm. violent storm um, recent research by James Love discovered that Marshall was previously fined five shillings when his equipment was washed away during a huge gale. So he was probably trying to avoid another fine like that. So he and Duckett had probably left to secure their equipment during a storm and like were swept away yeah. as a result of that. Um, so the fate of MacArthur, though he was like required to stay behind to man the lighthouse, would probably be the same thing. Um, he speculates that MacArthur definitely was, like, trying to warn them, and that's why he was outside without his oil skins. Because, mm-hmm. like, if you just see, like, a wave coming up, you, your first instinct is to, like, go, which is, you know, like, why? Yeah. I think that he left. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, but the only thing it doesn't explain is that the door and the gate were closed. Like, if you're yeah. in a rush... You're not going to take the time with... I didn't think about that. I don't know. Weird. Um, And then another theory is based on the first-hand experiences of Walter Aldebert, who is a keeper on Flannins from 1953 to 1957. Um, He believed one man may have been washed into the sea, but then his companions were trying to rescue him, and they were washed away in more freak waves. Mm -hmm. Another proposal is also based on the psychology of the keepers. So, allegedly, MacArthur was very volatile, so it may have led to a fight breaking out on the cliffs by the West Landing, which caused all three men to fall to their deaths. Mm, that would not have been good. And then, right? That sounds like a really bad way to yeah. go. Um, and then, another theory is that one of the men, like, went insane, murdered the other two, threw their bodies into the sea, and then jumped to his own death. Yeah, I have heard that one, too, but it is weird that there's no, like crime scene if you will you know what i mean right you'd expect a crime scene yeah if he murdered them there would be some sort of evidence yeah unless like it would be washed away by the storm but still like something would have happened inside the lighthouse like not all three of them would have left the lighthouse yeah Hmm. i don't know um so those are the modern theories but there are also modern theories that are connected to paranormal activity such as abduction by aliens um they did use this premise actually on Doctor Who um, in a serial called Horror of Fang Rock. Um, the mystery is also the inspiration for Peter Maxwell Davies, who is a composer. He composed a modern chamber, chamber opera called The Lighthouse in 1979. Um, there was a British rock group called Genesis that wrote and recorded a song called The Mystery of Flynn and I Lighthouse in 1968. And then... Um, oh, also a 2018 film called The Vanishing is based on the same story. And then also was there's like a 2019 film that was also directed by Robert Eggers that was titled The Lighthouse that loosely references the tragedy. So, yeah, that is I don't know if it's technically paranormal. I do. I do think it is a very big mystery. Yeah, I've seen it discussed um, both in, like, the paranormal lens and the true crime lens, but, like, I feel like it doesn't fit... You know, like, there's no evidence that it was true crime. Yeah. I would say that it's definitely more paranormal. Yeah. Because 
Like, there are a lot of things that don't make sense. Yeah. Like, even if you try to rationalize it in any way possible, there are still things that don't make sense. Mm-hmm. And I guess we'll never really know what happens here. Yeah. Um, but I, I think it's really creepy. I think it's definitely really creepy. My, um... And I would like to know what happens. Yeah, it's very sad that unsolved things like this, you're probably never going to get an answer, but you really want one. (laughs) My favorite theory, they discussed one on, um, um, wow, I can't, BuzzFeed Unsolved, was um, that there's like these mer people, like a legend of mer people in the area, um, and they could have been like fallen victim to the mer people, and the only way to kind of like beat them I guess the mer people is to like have a rhyming duel with them which I thought was really funny <laughs> what? yeah I don't know I that's that's what they said <laughs> okay very funny though uh, uh, I think you know I can't actually definitively say if I would succeed in yeah, that they, in any way Shane and Ryan tried to have a little they called it a rap battle because they're like can you imagine just like going in a rap battle against <laughs> mer people because like rhyming dual rap battle same thing basically <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah it's very funny Inter- I don't think I could do it but I, I don't think, that think is, I, honestly I, I don't I think, think it's I quite a funny theory <laughs> I think if I was trained or like I did more improvisational mm-hmm. rap I could but I don't think at the moment <laughs> And I'm going to have to practice before I could face rhyming Get those skills up. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right, well. All right. I liked it. Yeah, that was all I had for you. I'm I'm glad that you recommended that I research this because it was actually really interesting to research. I'm glad that you researched it. (laughs) It was fun. Also, I like that it happened in December because, like, maybe I'm just biased, but December is the best month. December is a good month. January might be the best, though. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Oh, okay. Okay. Um, but yeah, loved it. Thank you. Do you have any life updates for us? Well, while we were recording, um, Biden won. I got a bunch of texts, and and that's why I got the FaceTime in the middle. But that's very exciting. (laughs) Yay! Yay. (laughs) Um, yeah that i got that um <laughs> other than that i don't know have i done anything school um done school. done school i only have a couple weeks left which is nice yeah you're going home yeah soon. very exciting so exciting um i went to a comic book store the other day which was very oh, oh yeah yeah you saw yeah, pictures of that. i got some old um captain america comics which was very exciting. Obviously. I'm not, like, that into comics, but, like, I'm very into Captain America. <laughs> or Chris Evans, whichever one. <laughs> they're the yeah, same they're the person. same person in my mind. So I was like, let's get some Chris Evans comics. I'm just kidding. Exactly. They're the same yeah. person, and Infinity War, the ending, it just didn't, like, oh, the ending God, of no. Endgame didn't happen. I hated that. But. So, that's what we're going Yeah, with. I am excited that I got the comics. Um, That was very fun. I think that's it for me. Yay. You got anything? Um, I got vegan donuts today, yeah. and I'm very excited to. They look them. so good. 
they are really good uh i went there the other day with one of my friends and i got the cinnamon sugar one and like not even gonna lie it was like a very simple donut because it's just like a donut and cinnamon sugar so good though like i don't know what it is about it but just it's just so good yeah donuts slap (laughs) they do they're so worth it that's good yeah yeah, that's about it for me I actually, I'm really excited for next week's story as well. Just thought I'd point that oh. out there. Um, because it's, I don't know why I find these so interesting. I'm just going to give you like a hint right now. It's another one of like the true crime ones where the woman is just killing people rough, like, left, right, oh. and center. And I just find them so interesting for some Love reason. That. So I hope you guys like it as well. well. I'm excited. I don't, it's going to be know fun. I know of that. An American true crime. Hmm. Well, yeah. let's see. And then, oh my god, the week after that is going to be another um, paranormal story. And I'm also really excited about this one because it actually has like a lot of wow. hauntedness. So the rest of yeah, November looks say, really November good. It's just a good month. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's going well. well. I'm excited to hear those stories. Do you want to do your. Yeah. Do you want to do oh, yes. your spiel? Um, follow us on Instagram at Grim Podcast. Um, from there, you can like our pictures, follow us, DM us. Um, there's a little button in our profile to email us. You can email us at thegrimpodcast at gmail.com. Um, send us little life updates or like listener stories or like things you want us to cover or correct. Yes, please give yeah, us things you want us to cover. Fun. I love like getting recommendations like this one was so fun to research because Maddie was like you have to do it and I was like okay yeah so feel free to leave us recommendations um we also have a Facebook which is Grim Podcast and a Twitter Podcast Grim um and other than that just leave us a good review and tell your friends and family yeah yeah and um I'm very excited about next week and the week after that so we'll see yeah until then stay safe stay healthy bye bye